Here's a system of equations to solve that has three variables, x, y, and z. So that's like being in three dimensions. We're talking about possibly planes in space that hopefully have an intersection point. Um, if we have one unique solution, as I mentioned, I think in the last section, that would be like the corner of a room or the corner of a box where three planes intersect at one point. Now, it says solve the system. It also, um, I added using gauss rodin row reduction because I want to make sure that you distinguish between the fact that this is one technique you can use separate from the ax equals b technique. Because this has three variables and three equations, um, it's a possibility that you could solve this using A inverse times B to solve it. But we're going to use gauss jordan row reduction for this one. This is also in your book, so if you want to follow along with each example, uh, feel free. The other thing I'd like to say about all of this is it takes some getting used to. I think the best way to learn it is by example, through lots of examples. But I also want to point out to you that even when it seems when you're comfortable with it, watching me do it, then taking that step and doing it on your own is another, another level of solving these problems. So uh, you want to make sure you get enough practice as early as possible, because this can often give students trouble. So as we work through it, I'll try to give you a chance each step along the way to decide what you would do, and try to do that as much as you can. And also when, you're, when your instructor is working through problems in class, try to be one step ahead to see if, if you would do the same thing that he or she would do. Every once in a while, you might do something differently, and you'll both end up with the same answer. So I also want to point that out as well. But as much as possible, I'll try to point out the quickest, simplest way to do these problems. So we need to start with the augmented matrix. That's step one. So we'll put our augmented matrix underneath. 1x minus 2y plus 3z equals 14. 3x plus 4y minus 1z equals negative 8. 5x plus 7y plus 2z equals negative 3. Step 1 is done. We have our augmented matrix. Now the objective, as much as possible, is to get the identity on this side. So that would be 1, 1, 1 on the diagonals and zeros everywhere else. And then our answer will be easily read. Now, we already have a nice one in the very first entry. So we might as well keep it there and pivot on that one, meaning let's get zeros below it. So what would be the first thing you would do in order to get a zero, say, right here where this 3 is? Keeping this 1 the way it is, how would we get a zero here? Okay, The answer would be, one answer would be, Take negative 3 times the first equation, because that'll give you negative 3, and add it to the second equation, and that will give you the 0 that you need right there. But instead of thinking about equations with x, y, and z, we only worry about rows. So we're going to take negative 3 times row 1, add it to row 2, and that's going to go into a new row 2. So that tells me, leave row 1 alone, 1, negative 2, 3, 14. And then in the second row, I'm going to go back a little bit to my first augmented matrix. Negative 3 times row 1. Negative 3 plus 3 is 0. That's what we wanted. And then we have, got to do the same to every term now to be fair. Negative 3 times negative 2 is positive 6. Positive 6 plus 4 is 10. And we're going to check all these too because it's very easy to, to get a mistake with the sign especially. Negative 3 times 3 is negative 9. Negative 9 plus negative 1 is negative 10. 
And then we have to do to every term. So negative 3 times 14. 3 times 4 is 12 with 1 left over. So we have 42. 3 times 14 is 42. So we have negative 3 times 14 is negative 42. Negative 42 plus negative 8 is negative 50. That's looking very nice. This makes me very happy because I don't see any fractions coming up over here. Okay, now we've got our zero here. Before I worry about this guy right here, I can go ahead in the same matrix and get rid of this 5 underneath the leading 1. So I can actually pivot on the 1. I can do two steps in one matrix. So take a second. Look at what we have here. We have a 1, and we want this 5 to be 0. What would we do to the first row and add to the last row to get 0? Negative 5 times row 1. Add it this time to row 3 and make that our new row 3. Can you see, since we haven't filled this in yet, we can go ahead and do that now and save some space, which is uh, difficult to do with these problems sometimes. So we have negative 5 times row 1 is negative 5, plus 5 is 0. And then I have negative 5 times negative 2 is positive 10, plus 7 is 17. And then we have negative 5 times 3 is negative 15. Negative 15 plus 2 is negative 13. That's not looking as nice to me. But I'll deal with it when I have to. It might change before then. So I have negative 13 from the negative 5 times 3 is negative 15 plus 2. Negative 13. And the last one, negative 5 times 14. 5 times 4 is 20. And then so we have 70, and then it's negative. So we have negative 70 plus a negative 3 is negative 73. So I'm going to take a minute and double check all this. And as I do that, you can do the same, and you can either tune me out or, um, or listen, and, and it'll go through what we did again. Negative 3 row 1 plus row 2, put it in row 2. Negative 3 row 1 plus row 2 is 0. Negative 3 times 2 is 6, plus 4 is 10. Negative 3 times 3 is negative 9, plus negative 1 is negative 10. Negative 3 times 14, that's the one we did in our heads. 42, negative 42 plus a negative 8 is negative 50. First, second row is good. Negative 5 times row 1 plus row 3, put it into row 3. Negative 5 plus 5 is 0. Negative 5 times negative 2 is positive 10. 10 plus 7 is positive 17. Negative 5 times 3 is negative 15. Negative 15 plus 2 is negative 13. And negative 5 times 14 is 70 with a negative, so we have negative 70 plus negative 3 is negative 73. So that next matrix looks correct. And something that I haven't pointed out yet uh, might be obvious to you, but might not be. We have two different matrices here, but they still represent the same system of equations. Just like if you have an equation, you can multiply both sides of an equation by 2, and it's still, the equation might be written in a different form, but it still represents the same solution. For example, if you have 3x equals 5, that's got the same solution as 6x equals 10. Now, I'm not interested in keeping the equations the same necessarily. I just want to make sure that I have the same solution when I'm finished. So this new matrix still represents 
the same solution that the previous matrix represented. It's just in a different form that's easier to read. Just like if we had 6x equals 10, we could divide both sides by 2 and write it as 3x equals 5. Or we could divide both sides by 6 and write it as x equals 10 sixths, but then we'd have to reduce, and that would be x equals 5 thirds, which is a different form of 3x equals 5, which we started with. So all these different forms of the equation represent the same solution, just like all the different forms of matrices that we're going to be writing are going to represent the same solution of the system of equations. So now we've got our leading one with zeros below it, so we're good there. Now, the other nice thing that I pointed out before 10, negative 10, and negative 50 are all divisible by 10. So it's going to be pretty simple to pivot on that 10 right there. Change that to a 1, and then worry about top and bottom being zeros. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to leave these two rows in the same order. I'm not going to swap them. And I'm going to divide all of row 2 by 10 so that I have a 1 right here where I've circled. So I'm going to take 1 tenth of row 2, and that's going to be my new row 2. I still leave row 1 alone. 1, negative 2, 3, 14. Then I divide row 2 by 10. So I have 10 divided by 10 is 1. Negative 10 divided by 10 is negative 1. Negative 50 divided by 10 is negative 5. And then I'll go ahead and rewrite row 3. 0, 17, negative 13, negative 73. So I've got this leading one now, and I need zeros above and below. So uh, if you'd like to pause for a second and see if you can do the row operations needed in order to get a zero above the one and a zero below the one, and then when you come back, I'll work through it as well. Okay, to get the zero above this one, I need to add 2 to the negative 2. So I'm going to take 2 times row 2 and add it to row 1 and replace row 1 with the new answer. So it's going to be 2 times row 2 added to row 1. Oops. And that's going to be my new row 1. So the nice thing about the 0, 2 times 0 is still 0. 0 plus 1 is still 1. So my leading 1 is still there. That's important. Now I have 2 times 1 is 2 plus negative 2 is the 0 that I wanted. And then I have 2 times negative 1 is negative 2 plus 3 is 1. And then 2 times negative 5 is negative 10. Negative 10 plus 14 is 4. I'm going to rewrite row 2, leave it alone. Just like I did two steps at once back here, I'm going to do two steps at once here as well, because I also want a 0 where that 17 is. So where the 17 is, I want a 0. So I need to multiply row 2 by negative by 17 in order to get 0. So I'm going to take negative 17 times row 2, Add it to row 3 and put that into row 3. So I'm probably going to need some scratch paper, but that's all right. Negative 17 times 0 is still 0. 0 plus 0 is still 0. So that's good. The zeros are still there. Negative 17 plus positive 17 is also 0. That's what I wanted. 
And then I have negative 17 times a negative 1 is positive 17. Positive 17 plus a negative 13 is a positive 4. I'll double check that. Positive 17 plus negative 13 is positive 4. And then the last one, I have to take negative 17 times negative 5. That's 35. And then so that's 85. And it's negative times negative, so it's positive 85. And then I have 85 plus a negative 73. And when you do that subtraction, you get 12. Oh, isn't that much better than what we had? Now we have a 4 and a 12. And so that's going to be nice for us. Now I've got zeros above and below the one in the middle. So now I've got my two diagonal ones. The next one I look at is this 4 right here. I want this 4 to be a 1. It's very simple to get that. I just divide the entire equation, the entire row, by 4. So I'm going to take 1 fourth of row 3. And that's going to be my new row 3. I'm not going to change anything else yet. Because to get my zeros, I need to have my 1 first. It's the easiest way. It's, it's not the only way, but it's the only way your book is going to do it, and generally the only way I ever do it as well. Uh, It means fractions every once in a while a little more often, but I think it's less confusing. So now that we have a 1 here, I pivot on that. Oh, by the way, I was talking while I did that division. 4 divided by 4 is 1. 12 divided by 4 is 3. So we're okay there. We want zeros up above. Pretty simple to get them, isn't it? Because I have a negative 1 and a positive 1, so I'm almost finished. I think this will be my last step. I'm going to take negative either one. Let's take negative row 3 and add it to row 1. And that'll be my new row 1. And then I don't even have to do anything except add row 2 and row 3 in order to get a 0 right here. So I'm going to take, well, I'll do the one step first and then we'll write the next one. I'm so excited to get to the end. Okay, 1 plus 0 is still 1. 0 plus 0 is still 0. And notice all I'm doing is taking the opposite of row 3. So the opposite of 0 is still 0. So 0 plus 0 is 0. The opposite of 1 is negative 1. Negative 1 plus 1 is the 0 that I needed. And then now this might change, right? I have a negative 3 plus 4 is positive 1. So all that to get that 1x equals 1. Okay, we'll see if the other stuff is more interesting. Now we want to get the 0 above here. So I need um, just to add row 2 to row 3 and put it in row 3. So I'll say row 3 plus row 2, put it into row 2. doesn't really matter which order. 0 plus 0 is 0. 0 plus 1, still that 1 I need. 1 plus negative 1 is 0. And then 3 plus negative 5 is negative 2. So it looks like 1y equals negative 2. And the last row, I already know the solution. 1z equals 3. So my solution looks like it's probably right because it worked out really nicely right, but we'll check it in a minute. It looks like the solution is the point x equals 1, y equals negative 2, z equals 3. Now you'll notice I've written this in a different form. There are a lot of different ways to write solutions. One is to say x equals y equals z equals w, whatever you have, equals. Or you could write them as ordered. This is an ordered triplet. Ordered triple, excuse me. No, it's not like with babies. It's an ordered triple. 1, negative 2, 3. And um, that means 
your, the point in space where three planes intersect. And just to make sure, we'll check it right now. Go ahead and take a minute and check it yourself and then come back and see if you got the same thing I did. Okay, to check this, I've put 1 in for x, negative 2 for y, and 3 in for z. 1 plus 4 is 5, plus 9 is 14, so that one checks. 3 minus 8 is negative 5. Uh, 3 minus 8 is negative 5, minus 3 is negative 8. And then 5 minus 14 plus 6 is negative 3. So it does check, and we know we're good to move on to the next example.